Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and I gave Brig one more week off. We're going to have him back next week for sure, but this week I am joined by a good friend of, of mine, Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? I'm good, Brad. I'm, it's good to be here. I'm a little jealous of Brig that you gave him another week <laughs> off at the Negro League <laughs> Baseball Museum. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty mad that I didn't get an invite to that, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is yeah, what we're it all is. missing out on that one. We're all missing out on that one for sure. That that seemed like a good time. He posted about that today on the on the VIP group. If you haven't seen it, or you're not a member of the VIP group. Go ahead and search Nine Plus Us VIPs, and we'll add you. And you can actually see um, some photos from Briggs trip to the Negro League Museum today, Friday, June the nineteenth. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool trip that he that he's on right now. Well, um, it, it really it. is because then they get they got like a camper or something to drive mm-hmm. there, and like I feel a little jealous because I'm getting a travel trailer this weekend. So, like that would have been a great road trip, actually. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I that the Negro League Museum is on my bucket list for sure. Like that's one of the places I'm gonna have to hit sometime in my life. I've always wanted to go. It's it's awesome, and he said it, you, you're going to need at least two hours to get that done, and I'm sure we'll hear about it a lot on the podcast, yeah. we'll hear about the whole trip, so Good excited sense. for that. Look forward to that next week. But Kyle, let's get into some current events. Let's talk about some stuff that we've got going on right now. Um, unfortunately, there's not too much. It's kind of the same old news, just new developments, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> I mean... With with everything going on this week, we've had we've had spikes all over the place. I'm in Arizona, and COVID tests. I mean, it's just like it's gone through the roof. It's been insane how many we've seen. Because I remember before we moved down here, I was like, "Oh, it's not too bad. It's really not that bad of a place." Then they reopened the state, and it's it's out of control. I mean, I don't know what it's like where you're at in Utah, but man, it's it's crazy here. U- Utah's pretty. Let's put it this way: Utah's having a, a major spike right now. Yeah. The the one thing that I wish that the Department of Health, I don't know how it is in Arizona when they report the numbers. The one thing I wish they do in Utah is kind of specify a little bit more where the majority of these daily cases are happening. Because mm-hmm. just by giving out a flat number, everybody's mm-hmm. left to assume, well, it's happening in Salt Lake or Provo. Mm-hmm. or And I don't. I, that's what I wish is they show specific areas where hotspots are. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was one thing they were doing in Idaho is they were saying exactly like which counties had how many, they weren't saying cities, but they're saying, so they were saying counties, but with these spikes that we're seeing this week, we've seen it get into MLB training camps because they are, they've opened up training facilities. Um, I actually live not far from the Mariners and Padres, spring training facility and we were up driving around one day we decided to drive through and 
and just take a look. And we actually saw some guys there working out. Nice. Uh, we saw saw some players' vehicles in the parking lot, and uh, I don't think that's doesn't seem like that's something we're going to see anymore. Because as of I mean, ten fifteen minutes of us coming on recording, everything's shut down, shutting it all down, and they're going to do deep cleaning before they let anybody come back and. Everything's back up in the air for MLB. It's, you know, like we we're, we were talking about this, and you mentioned it's almost like this is perfect timing for Rob Manfred, right? <laughs> it, it it really, I mean, with the with the fight going on between the players and the owners, to whether mm-hmm. you know what the pay is going to be, how many games the season's going to be, you know, we've seen that that drama play out for the last what, well, couple months really. Yeah, I it's mean, been a long time because they haven't been able to reach any kind of agreement. And and like Manfred said a few weeks ago, we were joking about it. There there were no plans, just ideas. And it doesn't seem like they really even had an idea. Well, and you think about it, what was it? It was like two days ago that all of a sudden Manfred came out or the MLB came out and said a certain amount of players had tested positive for COVID. Like this was right mm-hmm. after, um, I believe, the owners declined a player's the players, uh, you know, offer of how many games to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's sad to see that they're just going back and forth now with what's happened with, you know, players testing positive and facilities mm-hmm. being shut down and stuff. That's, that's serious. My only concern with that is how is that going to impact life going forward? And I'm not just saying that for baseball – like if mm-hmm. if players test positive now, let's say that I mean the average time for people to get over this, from what we've seen, they test a couple more times in ten to fourteen days, and if they test negative, then what? Does life go back to, you know, they get to go back to working out, or how does it work? Because, um, like this whole virus is just wreaking havoc. Like I've hated it since it came mm-hmm. about because. Yeah. You know, I was in Las Vegas for the WAC tournament, flew in on a Wednesday night. Thursday morning, mm-hmm. the tournament was canceled. So it's, yeah. like, impacted everything, and it sucks. Excuse my language. <laughs> but it's like, like, the question is now, with this going forward, is this what's going to happen every time somebody tests positive? Because And that's been the big question. That's been the big question, right? Because Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive, and within 24 hours, everything was shut down. Yep. I mean, there was there was no more spring training. Um, you weren't sure what was going to go on with the NFL. All you know, the NCAA tournament, like you said, every NCAA basketball tournament was shut down. You know, there was I think it was uh, the Big Ten started playing, and then they're like, "Oh wait, get off the court. We can't be doing this." Yep. You know, and so yeah, it was like it was within like twenty four to thirty six hours of Rudy Gobert testing positive. Everything shut down. So that's been the big question: is what's going to happen when you get a positive test? Because it seems like it's just running through these these training camps right now and i mean it doesn't seem there's really any way to stop it or slow it down right now well but the Um, other thing the other thing people have to realize too and i'm not a doctor i'm not a specialist i'm not anything else i'm just (laughs) playing by simple numbers that i've seen Mm -hmm. that most if not all of these athletes are going to recover just fine and they probably all race yeah i would bet they were all asymptomatic when they got tested so probably. like they yeah. they probably didn't even know they had it until they got tested. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. you and I have talked about this in the past that that's kind of a big issue because you know, I remember you telling me that look, you have to 
to walk around thinking or believing that you have it and that you yeah. could possibly give it to somebody else. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I wonder though, if it's good that some of these guys are getting like, they're finding out that they tested positive because, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not a doctor specialist, but maybe they can develop antibodies as they recover from it. I mean, maybe mm. they won't suffer, you know, like some other people have with the serious, you know, symptoms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just so many questions. And I think that's yeah. what makes this whole thing frustrating is what does it mean if somebody has it, has it and then recovers? Like, does that yeah. mean all of a sudden they're not going to get it again? Is it like chicken pox? I, with that regard, I mean, it's just there's so many questions. Mm-hmm. That yeah, and there's and a lot of those questions are unanswered at this point because, like they keep saying, it, it's a new thing. It's yeah. not like anything we've ever seen before, and it's 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 insane. And with all of this, I mean, this has just come down today, like I said, with all of these positive tests that it has Rob Manfred and the, and MLB reconsidering their bubble scenario or their their three location scenario, where we talked about you know playing at two locations in Phoenix. Two locations in Texas, you know, in Houston and Arlington, and then two locations in Florida, in uh, in in Saint Petersburg and Miami. You know, and I, and initially I had thought like, oh, there's only one place to play in Phoenix, but duh, I just live down the street from State Farm Stadium where the Arizona Cardinals play. They can play baseball there, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you've got two locations in each place where you could play three, four games a day in each spot and and get every get everybody's games in. So. That is plausible, I guess possible, maybe not plausible, right? Well, but the thing is, if you're only playing in two spots, let's say you play four games in two state between two stadiums, so that's what mm-hmm. two, four, six, eight teams that have to go through, well, four teams that have to go through each individual stadium, right? Or I don't mean my math is way off. That was bad. Uh, but anyways, you still have a lot of traffic that are coming in and out of those locker rooms clubhouses mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah you've, you've got to sterilize everything in between i i don't i don't that. see the down the downfall of playing one game i mean with all the spring training sites that they have in the phoenix area same with florida mm-hmm. like why can't you just play one game a day and then you have more time to sterilize to you know clean it up to right. uh, sanitize the pro- the it and so with forth? that is that I mean, tomorrow I think it's supposed to be 111 here, and that's I mean there's a reason they have a dome on Chase Field. That's a good because it, it's it it's too stinking hot to play baseball out there because I mean it, it I think it's supposed to be 115 next week. You can't be playing in that. That that is so hot. I mean I know I know college guys and there are some places around the world where they do play in that, but it, if you don't have to, you shouldn't. Hey, because you know it's what? Not safe. They should play like it, even though it's still like ninety plus degrees at midnight. Maybe just play midnight games. <laughs> play night games. Play then night you don't have games. to. There you go. You don't have to worry about fans. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. You just play the game. End of story. You sanitize it yeah, for the next I, twelve hours. It's then, been then you it's get been like play. a and nice. It's been a nice seventy five degrees around here when the sun goes down. I think you're onto something there. I, that would be perfect because who? What fans are going to try to get in? I mean, maybe. Maybe the guys who've been out partying are going to try to get through the <laughs> gate, but just a little bit of security can take that can take well, care of that. Think about it though. That's why high schools in the Phoenix area all have lights 
at their school mm-hmm. so they can play night games because, like you said, during the day, during the you know the usual time like we play in Utah where it's 3, 30, 4 o'clock, those are, yeah. that's the hottest part of the day down there. So yeah. they have to play night games. And, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with a good night game? Nothing. I preferred playing under the lights, to be honest. <laughs> I could see the ball better. I don't know why. Yeah, it, and there's <laughs> but, more. Yeah. There's there's like more. God, I don't even know what it is. There's just something nice about playing under the lights. I, I can't even yeah, describe nice. it. So I think I think you're onto something there, Kyle. I like that idea. I really like that. Maybe we should uh, send something on to old Rob and see what he thinks <laughs> of that. So. Well, they got to get through. But, this. They got to get through these COVID testing positives. Yeah, they do. First, so it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so you mentioned earlier about how you know MLB had declined an offer from the players, and MLB said today no more negotiating. It it did seem like you know like they're not going to go negotiate, but they're still meeting. I'm not sure how exactly that works. Um, but I did see Trevor Bauer mention on Twitter uh, beginning of last week, uh, yeah, beginning of this week, where he was saying uh, all it is. is Rob Manfred is just wasting time. And I actually heard on Dan Patrick where he always refers to an MLB source. He never uses a name for obvious reasons. But he was saying that this is all scripted. The fact that they don't have an agreement that Rob Manfred is essentially just filibustering to get to a point where he can say, okay, the most games that we can play right now is 50. I'm implementing it. Full prorated salaries. 50 games. Go play. I mean... (laughs) Does it, it, it? And once I saw that, I was like, you know, that actually makes like makes some sense. You that know, this is that, that it, could be what's going on. It it really sounds like it. You know, I think back to to two thousand one nine eleven, mm-hmm. um, with all that stuff that went down, and how important it was that baseball games were played immediately after all that happened, especially mm-hmm. in New York. Yep, and how. People flocked to baseball. Like, mm-hmm. everyone came together. You know, President Bush threw out the first pitch at the Yankee game. I mean, it, it just brought people together. I think about, yeah. you know, after the strike of 94, I believe it was, you know, it took some time to get fans back engaged, but they came together because something big was happening, which we'll talk about, you know, later on in the podcast. Yeah. But – like baseball is something that people like rely on. Like it, it's there, mm-hmm. and this this whole mess. And I, you know, I've talked to my dad about players being a little greedy with what they're expecting with pay and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, because I'm a believer that you know, if you're not working, you shouldn't get paid. Period. Um, yeah, yeah, I, mean, no, I, I agree. With that. I, I'm, I'm, there's not like they're laid off where they can get unemployment. Um, mm-hmm. but well, and, and the thing is too, is that is even when they're working out, they don't get paid and they understand that. Sure. And that's why they want so many more games is because they only get paid for games played. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why, that's why the players are like, yeah, we're willing to play double, triple headers. Let's do it because we want our money. And I, I talked with Jason last week about how there are certain guys who like this year could have been the peak of their career. And then next year could have been their opportunity to make the most money possible. Yep. Or this could have been the last year of a big contract, their last chance to make their maximum amount of money. You know, so I understand why the players are, are kind of stingy and upset because their window to make money is so small. Sure. And these owners saying that baseball doesn't make money, 
then why are you in it? I understand it's a hobby and it's a toy. It's not your main source of income. But somebody who's a billionaire isn't going to be dumping money into something if it's not going to be making money. And I don't, I don't buy that, to be well, honest, because well, they've been talking about how, how they've been making record amounts of money over the last few years, and revenue has been through the roof because of TV deals, regional TV deals, everything like that. Like That's my big issue with this thing is the owner saying, oh, we're losing money. No, you're not. TBS just gave you a billion dollars for TV, uh, for TV money. Well, like, yeah, that, and that, <laughs> I don't that, buy that. That's something that bothers me too. Is it's like if you knew, if you saying, if you're saying that it doesn't generate revenue, like you said, why would you buy into being an owner of a baseball team? That yeah. that's not logical. Like, there's a disconnect there because mm-hmm. you don't. If okay, if you're a billionaire like they are, like owners are, you've invested in stuff that you know is going to be successful and revenue generating. Mm-hmm. So why would you take the risk of investing in something that you n- you know is not going to generate any revenue? That yeah. that just is baffling to me. So let let's cut yeah. the crap with the owners and saying that and mm-hmm. you know like that that's bogus. Um Yeah. Yeah, and I used to be like such like a like an anti-player guy, like, oh, you're playing, you're, you know, you're getting paid billions of dollars to play a game. But with that, I totally flip-flopped on that. I was like, no, I am pro-player in this case and anti-owner because they can't, they can't claim poverty when they are obviously not broke. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I just no, I, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. Is the whole thing is just frustrating. I, I mean, I say it every week. It's it's. it's well, and here's me the here's the other problem. Okay, I believe is it. Is it this year or next year they're going to have to renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement? After next season, yeah. Yeah, and There's so the 2021 season. I I honestly think that what's going on right now will hurt, absolutely hurt the owners in that collective bargaining agreement because the players can hold more over their head by saying, "Well, you did this, you did this, you kept us mm-hmm. from playing even though we were yeah. negotiating in good faith." I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a mess next year. And, like, I hate to say it, but some people have speculated there could be a strike next year again or the oh, year yeah, after. I'm, I mean, it's just nuts. I'm not, I'm not counting on baseball in in May, in, in April and May in uh, 2023, 2022. But that's what's, yeah, no. that's what's it, depressing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean. Yeah. When I saw somebody this week say no baseball till 2023 – Ugh. And that, ugh, I I was so scared. I didn't even click the link to watch his justification. I was like, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't yeah. even want that to be a thought. Because well, we at least need, I mean, even if they can't figure it out this year, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll give them a pass this year. I mean, granted, they should be training and, and playing right now. You know, they should be doing spring training 2.0 or whatever. But if if this second wave of, of COVID with MLB keeps them from playing this year. I'll give them a pass, but you better get it figured out because you you've got time. You better get it figured out for next year, and you sure as heck better be negotiating that that CBA before 2021 because you've got time. What else are you doing at this point? I I I totally agree. I I I think that's what's most depressing to me is baseball had a chance mm-hmm. to you know, yeah. show the world that, Hey, we're, we know that there's something going on that's really bad and hurting a lot of people and, you know, causing a lot of problems for a lot of people, but you know what, we can fight it together. And by taking the field and having a plan in place, 
and putting things together, I mean, they could have they could have had a huge impact, not just on mm-hmm. you know the world, but on their own brand mm-hmm. in a positive way. Instead, it's taken a turn for the worst, and you know yep. the Major League Baseball brand is just slowly drifting, you know, yeah. down a river right now. That's and it's not looking good. Yeah, it's not in a good spot. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, let's go ahead and wrap that up. Let's take a short break when we get back. You guys are going to get to know Kyle a little better with a quiz. Looking forward to that. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home day. Don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Shop kids' baseball shirts. At 9plusss.com. Welcome back, baseball family. All right, let's get to know Kyle. Kyle is one of my good friends from college. Uh, We went to journalism school together. He actually helped me get into sports writing and everything that has come with it. So I... I owe that to him, and thank you, Kyle. Best, um, Kyle, best sports section ever, Brad. <laughs> it, were, it was. We did have the best sports section ever. Um, Kyle currently is doing an independent project called Whack Hoops Digest, where he covers all thing whack basketball. So, and you know, real quick before we get going on this, I remember one time Kyle and I we were sitting there interviewing Mark Pope. He's currently the the head coach at BYU, but at the time he was the head coach at UVU, where we were where we went to school. And uh, something happened in basketball. I don't remember what it was. And he just – and first off, let me preface this. Kyle, you played college baseball, right? For a semester, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so you're, you're, a, baseball, you're a baseball guy first, just like me, yep. right? So Pope says something happened. He just got I don't remember what it was. But he goes, guys, isn't this just the best sport in the world? And we kind of looked at each other like, <laughs> well. <laughs> he, he said that to the I mean, two- Don't get me wrong. Said it to two wrong people. That was the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he didn't know, but, so I mean, we got to get it wrong. I love, I love basketball. Yeah, exactly. I, I love basketball, but man, baseball is definitely my first love. <laughs> it's just so funny that we just the two guys who the two biggest baseball guys in the sports section says that too. We just kind of look at each other like, ah, well, that's all right. Yeah, good <laughs> so times. Funny. So funny. Good times. All right, let's get into this. Let's get to know Kyle better. Okay, are you ready for this, Kyle? I absolutely am not, but let's go. <laughs> all right okay how first off how many ballparks how many big league ballparks have you gone to Ooh, good question i can't count them off the top of my well okay so let's let's just go through them here um wrigley so that's one uh the old comiskey park because my dad taught an all-boys catholic school right across the dan ryan from it um and they oh, actually nice. played some high school games in there so the old comiskey oh, park really cool. the new it's not Comiskey Park anymore, but like it was the new it was the new Comiskey Park when when they built it when they first built it. Um, yeah, I can't even think of what it's. I'll look it up while you oh, think. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it now. 
guarantee guaranteed rate yeah field. guaranteed rate filled okay yeah um, there we go. all right i've been to camden um oh is it mnt bank stadium is that the phillies um i'll look keep thinking okay so the F- new philly stadium um citizens bank citizens bank park that's right okay yep. uh and is it chase bank field Ch- chase field down here in Phoenix. yeah chase field there you go goodness so six <laughs> okay so let's take wrigley out of there because i know you're gonna be biased as a cubs fan which was your your best ballpark experience um i i like citizen ba- citizens bank um probably because of where we sat we i went with my grandma and my aunt mm-hmm. and uncle and we sat like 10 rows up down the third baseline um and what was crazy about it is we got there we parked and we you could see a rainstorm rolling in mm-hmm. and just as we got inside the gate you know under the under the stadium, it started pouring. Like, we were thinking, oh, we're not going to be able to watch a ball game. You know, that's it. it I mean, literally, it was pouring. Um, mm-hmm. 15 minutes later, they're taking the tarp off, play ball. And it was a beautiful night. And nice. had I not been fat and lazy, I probably would have <laughs> caught a foul ball because there was one that hit right in front of me. And I still feel bad to this day because there was a lady right there that it missed by like centimeters. And so I had a chance to protect the lady and catch a foul ball, but I just didn't get up out of my seat. So, um, that was You're just sipping your drink. Cause this ball is like careening towards. Yeah. This lady. I mean, it was, it was pretty wild, but, uh, that one was probably my favorite Camden. I like, I like the setup at Camden yards, but it's too, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, little too very small. crowded. It looks yeah. it looks very small. Yeah. Um and Chase Field, I mean it, that's a great experience, you know. One day the mm-hmm. roof's open, the other day it's not. But yeah. I, I would have to say Citizens Bank Park. Um, and I think the Phillies won on a walk off that night too. Nice, very cool. So it it worked out. That's awesome. I like that. But nothing um, nothing tops Wrigley, I'm sorry. Never will. No, I mean that, that's why that's why I put that little caveat on caveat on yeah. there because I knew as a Cubs fan that would be your top one. Yeah. So speaking of the Cubs, let's go let's go with the Cubs a little bit. This is one of my favorite questions that Brig has asked. If the Cubs were a drink, what would they be? Cubs were a drink. Were a drink. What would they be? Oh, is this like an alcoholic or any kind of drink? It doesn't matter. Well, because I drink a lot of, of drink. Because I think drink a lot of Dr Pepper, like. It's running through my veins. <laughs> I'd probably have to say Dr. Pepper. Like I told, like, like I told my doctor last week veins. that, you know, when they pull the blood out for to do some blood tests, I'm pretty sure there's going to be Dr. Pepper in those veins. So um, <laughs> it, it would have Most to be likely. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, who is a player that you like on a team that you hate? Player on a team that I like. Player on a team a that player I you uh, you like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. we were just talking about it at in the break. Paul Goldschmidt. 
um, first baseman okay, yeah, for the yeah. St. Louis Cardinals. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is just – he's humble. He's quiet about doing his business. Um, and mm-hmm. he outworks a lot of people. So uh, the numbers that he puts up consistently, I mean, you, you can't help but love a guy that just goes out, plays the game, and does mm-hmm. his thing. Um, there's not, a, there's no drama tied to him, and things like that. And and Paul Goldschmidt's one of those guys. Yeah, he is. Um, I I like that, and that's the other thing we talked about too. Is that he fits the the Cardinals right. culture like perfectly. He's just a hard. Well, he's a blue collar worker. Is that right? Blue collar. Yeah. yeah, blue collar worker. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what they have in that organization. I hate mm-hmm. to say it yeah. as a Cubs fan that. The Cardinals organization, the way they develop guys or the way they get these blue-collar workers, you know, that just go about their business on the field, that's what mm-hmm. you really want um, with your own, you know, your favorite organization. And uh, they've kind of set that standard. And, and like you said, Paul Goldschmidt fits that perfectly. I like that. That's good. Yeah, he's he's a guy. I like him a lot. I actually have been like a little bit of a D-backs fan for the last like several years because I fell in love with their snake logo and kind of like their color scheme. So I was like, eh, I can get behind that as a National League team a little bit. <laughs> and so, and it was like as soon as I jumped on board, it was about the time that Goldschmidt got traded. And I was just like, well, now, who, who now? You know, and I've got to know the team a little bit better since then. But I was just like, ah, man. Yeah. So, and that was he was another reason because he's he's a, a just a good guy and I, and I wanted to cheer for him. Nice. But anywho, is there a baseball stadium or a baseball event that is on your bucket list? Uh, baseball stadium or baseball event? Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's no brainer to go. I I would say Yankee Stadium, but it's not the same because it's new. So right, um, yeah. that that's changed. Fenway Park will always be on the bucket list. Dodger Stadium, um, just because mm-hmm. of the history there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love the College World Series. I went one year. I think I was a, it was the summer that I graduated. Way okay. way back in the Stone Ages. Um, <laughs> but I don't know that it's the same mystique as it was when it was at the old Rosenblatt Stadium. Um, yeah. I agree with that, and and I feel like the College World Series has kind of been, I don't know why, but it's kind of been bumped down a couple notches, and I don't know if that's just personally, because I used to watch every year growing up, because I wanted to be there, yeah. you know, yeah. and now it's just kind of like, I pay attention, but I don't watch as much. But, you know, and that's the thing, I so. haven't experienced the new stadium, um, TD mm-hmm. Ameritrade or whatever, so maybe if I go experience it and see what it's like, maybe I will, that will go back to the top of the buck. I, well, if I go to it, I guess it's not on the bucket list. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. That, that you would you would bump it up as something is a little more prestigious than what you think yeah, of it as now. Yeah, I think right? um, I think experiencing maybe a like an LSU Florida or LSU Mississippi State or something series mm-hmm. at Alex Box Stadium down there in Baton Rouge. That'd you know, like sweet. a three, like the, for the weekend, I, yeah, I think weekend that that might be one of those places that I would, although the humidity would probably melt me and kill me, <laughs> um, 
I think that that would be a great experience, something that I think is on my bucket list. Because if you remember right, 2016 UVU won the WAC, and that's where they yeah. had to go for their regional was to Baton Rouge to Alex Box Stadium. And mm-hmm. they said it was one of the craziest, most fun atmospheres that mm-hmm. they've ever played in. And, uh, you know, so I think going down there and experiencing – that like a three game series against one of the their rivals in the S maybe even Vanderbilt that would be great LSU Vanderbilt yeah um, that'd be that would be super cool to watch you know yeah and cool thing is is my dad um, one of his good buddies from high school whose dad baptized my dad into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints lives down there in Baton Rouge and he's told us you know come down anytime you know. If it's football season, we'll go see a night game at Tiger Stadium, you know. Oh, cool. And so there's an invite there. So maybe I might have to, you know, get on the bucket list. Cash that one in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That'd be cool. That's awesome. Okay. If if Javi if Javi Baez were a superhero, who would he be? Ooh. DC Marvel doesn't matter. Superhero. Oh, might have to think about this. <laughs> Um, Captain America, maybe Captain Captain America. Why Captain America? Um, just because Javi's not the most outspoken. He's just he just goes about his work, getting things done, you know, and making mm-hmm. honestly making people around him better and stronger um, mm-hmm. with his play. I mean, yeah, I think maybe Captain America because. Maybe Captain Puerto Rico. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and see, I would have, I would have chosen, um, I probably would have put Chris Bryant more as Captain America or maybe even Anthony Rizzo, maybe. Um, and I probably would have given Baez something more like, oh, man, I don't know, like Gambit. Eh, I, I might have, I might have put Rizzo as the Incredible Hulk. Um, okay. <laughs> Chris Bryant, more like Iron Man, just because he's the pretty boy, like Tony Stark is. <laughs> so well, that was kind of why. That's kind of why I gave him, uh, gave him Captain America because he's like. I don't know. He's he's kind of he's kind of a pretty boy, like Captain America. But then also he's like, I, I don't know. You know, I I don't watch a whole lot of Cubs, but he feels like the leader to me. I don't know if he really is or not, though, or if that's Rizzo or what. That that's the but, thing. I, I, it's tough to say because Javi's not as outspoken as the other two. Um, mm-hmm. So Javi's one of those quiet leaders that he just leads by example. And I mean, not that Rizzo and Bryant don't, it's just a different kind of like, there's just things that Javi does that nobody else can do. And that's why I feel like that's what Captain America is. There's things that he does that other people can't do. Um, Okay. There you go. Okay. uh, I can get with that. I can get with that. Cool. All right. Let's do this last question. And this was, this is something I've never asked anybody this. I have a personal opinion about this, but I want to know what you think. (laughs) Should they have torn down the old Yankee Stadium? Um, 
because I believe there is a parking lot where that stadium used to stand. Because I'm a, I'm an old timer, and <laughs> no, I don't. I I wish they. I can't say that they should or shouldn't have because I don't know if there were problems with it that needed mm-hmm. to be upgraded and stuff. Um, I wish they wouldn't have because there was just so much history in that building. And not just mm-hmm. back in the days of Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Babe Ruth, all those guys. But even right. you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, there's so much history there. That it's yep. like, how do Way you too tear much. that Way down? Yeah, I think they should have turned it into into a museum. Well, either a museum um, or just make the renovations that you need to kind of keep up with the the. I mean, look at Wrigley and Fenway; they haven't torn those mm-hmm. down, and those parks are yeah. almost a hundred years old. So yeah. they could have, with George Steinbrenner's money that he spent on that on the new Yankee oh, Stadium, was, all he had to do was yeah, put that money into renovations. Could've. And boom, you mm-hmm. still have the monuments. You still have all of it, the mystique and everything else from the real Yankee Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. George, I and, wish you would have put my your th- money my thing. in a better place. <laughs> Go ahead. I wish you would have. You know, you spent billions of Mr. dollars. Mr. Billionaire, spend your money in a different way. Yeah, just upgrade <laughs> the stadium. That's all you had to do. Ugh. But no, see, I always think that they should have turned it into a museum because the, the money that they got from admission into that museum could have paid for the new stadium like easily you know tear out the grass you don't have to deal with uh with grounds crew and you could even pave the field you know and then and then paint um foul lines batter's box bases everything and then put like a plaque in the ground say this world series is won with a with a catch here um take the seats out and just have walkways but then put a seat where there was a um like a like a historical home run hit, you know, like this home run won this game this day, whatever you know. Um, well, you know like, the you know there's so- you know the thing that bothers me the most. Okay, we've seen, you know, they tore down the vet in Philadelphia, they tore down Three mm-hmm. Rivers, uh, was that in Cincinnati or Pittsburgh? One of the two. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, and then they they tore down the old Cincinnati Stadium as well. Um, mm-hmm. And Bush Stadium, they read, you know, they built a new Bush Stadium in St. Louis. The thing is, in in those cities, those are brand new designs for ballparks. Mm-hmm. In New York, it's the exact same design they had before. Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to build a new ballpark, at least build a new ballpark. Update it. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But the fact that you built, you know, the exact same design as your new ballpark, why not just keep the old one? You know, I like the museum idea. Keep the old one, update it, upgrade it, whatever, and build a museum, you know, in in another parking lot or something. I think that's Mm -hmm. what what bothers me the most is you wanted a new stadium, but you basically built the old stadium. Trying to keep the mystique and the the whatever it is for – um, the Yankee history, but oh, George, you just yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> no, I get it. I get it. I was I was so frustrated with the fact that they were tearing down Yankee Stadium, and I'm not even a Yankees fan. 
I was like, I was always just like, just turn it into a museum. Just keep it. I never got to see it. There's tons of people who I'm sure wanted to see it, but never got to, you know? So it's, yeah, yeah, it it was, it was a bummer to me when they, when they tore it down, I thought they should have turned it into a museum. You could put busts all over the field, um, or not even busts, but like statues or something all over the field that, that commemorate iconic moments, you know, things like that. Um, have a, have a plaque somewhere. It says, this is where. Lou Gehrig gave his final, his farewell speech yeah. before retirement, things like that, you know, yeah. and kept Monument Park out there. <laughs> so that's just my opinion. Yeah. But what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> but let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about ESPN's latest 30 for 30 that was released just last week, Long Gone Summer. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Let's wrap things up this week. Let's talk about this new 30 for 30 released by ESPN called Long Gone Summer. And uh, this, I, I think it's an interesting topic. It was the 1998 home run race. Um, I re- honestly, I don't know about you, Kyle, but as I watched this, um, I remembered more than I thought about that summer. I was 12 years old, um, born in 86, 12 years old, 1998. So... Um, so, you know, I was obviously at an age where I'd remember things like that, but I, mostly what I remember was watching sports center after all those games were completed, <laughs> because that was probably, that was one of the busiest summers for me for baseball. I was playing on three teams at the time. And so I was playing, ba- I pretty much played baseball till like the end of August, which was fantastic. I'll be honest with you. Tons of fun. But, um, I didn't watch, didn't watch much baseball that summer either though, because of that. So most of what I saw was on sports center and then. Um, I remember, you know, seeing those highlights and things like that happen. Now, what I guess that's really the big place I want to start for, for start for you, Kyle, is how much of that summer do you actually remember? Um, I'm probably the same as you. I, uh, I, I see. I was 16 at the time. I had just turned 16 in June that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and between Legion Ball. Automotive ball, travel ball. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I was able to sit down and watch games at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that uh, – where did I go? I went to Tucson that summer for a, like a USA baseball tournament with a traveling team for two mm-hmm. weeks. Nice. Um and like I said, I was playing Legion Ball and Automotive, so I was basically playing every night of the week that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, like you said, I caught a lot of it on Sports Center, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. I'm trying to remember if we even had ESPN <laughs> in '98. I, I know we did I know. because because my my routine during the summer was was come home from a game, ice my arm. Sometimes, mostly my knees, while I watch Sports Center, and then wake up the next morning and watch Sports Center for another two or three hours because 
I didn't get enough the night before. So I, I know I know for sure we had it that summer. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, we might have. We probably mm-hmm. did. I, like, that was, geez, 22 years ago now. Jeez. Um, and I know that we had WGN. I don't know how we got it, but we had – my dad made I, sure I think we had WGN. I think everybody had WGN back then. If they, um, it, so that we could watch the national, Cubs. Yeah, one of those national packages then. So, I mean, it was – I think it was more of checking the newspaper every day too, mm-hmm. just to see what happened. Um, because, I mean, we're Cubs fans, so we wanted to see what was going on. Plus, the Cubs were in a playoff race, so right. yeah, it made it it made a bigger impact on us. Yeah, and that's really one of the things, one of the reasons I thought of you for this because I feel like you had more invested in the whole home run race <laughs> than I did, being a Cubs fan. Because for me, it was like. I mean, as as a Mariners fan, and Ken Griffey Jr. was my idol, you know. So obviously, yeah. I wanted to watch him break the record. I was I was pushing for Griffey all summer long, and then when he kind of tailed off there towards the end of the season, and we'll get in that. I'll, I mean, at least I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, you know, I I was really like, I don't want McGuire to hit sixty two. I don't want Sosa to hit sixty two. And so every home run, you know, like I was still following it because I wanted to see what happened. <laughs> but with every home run, I got more and more upset that those guys were going to break that record. So, well, if it, so for, if it makes you feel any better, Brad, um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a left-handed hitter, thrower, mm-hmm. and I played outfield. And I kind of got into that whole Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> stand, and, stand and watch my home runs go kind of thing. You know, I so, tried. I, mean, I tried so hard to fig- to teach myself how to switch hit, just so that I could do that. <laughs> just so that I could s- get that swing down and watch my home runs go over. Because I didn't want to do the Sammy Sosa hop. You know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do the the Ricky Henderson hop. I wanted to be able to do something cool when I hit one out. So there was one time actually that I think it was that summer I was playing some baseball with the neighborhood kids, and I convinced them to flip the field, third base oh, is nice. first base. <laughs> First nice. base was third base, just because I was like, I'm gonna take these kids' yard. I knew I was, <laughs> and I hit like five or six home runs that day. And every single time, I just strutted down to, to what was supposed to be third base, watching the ball go over the fence. It's like <laughs> this is so much fun. I love it. <laughs> nice, but nice. yeah, no, I, we, uh, I get it. <laughs> I I think my dad hated it. Like he had coached me through pony league, where it, <laughs> that's when it really started because we had a. It's kind of a short porch in right field on our Pony League field. Yeah. And that's when it started. <laughs> um, but I, I remember my junior year, we're in a playoff game against one of our region rivals. It's, it was an elimination game, too. And it was the first inning. Um, and I took a dude deep, and I stood there and watched it. That's the only time <laughs> that my dad was actually happy that I did it. Any other time he was mad, like he would yell at me to run yeah. and get going. Yeah. And but uh, no, it, it's it's fun hitting from the left side and being able to do that. So oh, I believe it. Yeah, that was that was something I was always jealous of. I played with a couple left-handers growing up. I was like, man, I wish, so wish I could. Like, I can't even hardly hold a bat left-handed, much less switch hit. <laughs> you know, like I'm definitely not going to hit anything out. But yeah, no, I, that's awesome. But as far as a Cubs fan though, following that season though, like. Were you more? I mean, were you more invested in the playoff race or in Sammy Sosa breaking the record? I mean, were, were you even a Sammy was, Sosa I, fan? 
Or are you I more of a Mark Morris, Grace guy? I was a Mark Grace guy, of course. Yeah, well, there you go. That, that, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> um, I mean, because wasn't that, that was the same year that Kerry Wood had his 20 strikeout yeah, game, too. Yeah, yep, it was. Um, I mean, there was a lot of storylines around that mm-hmm. team. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially considering that the year before, everybody, you know, they embarrassed themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and they, they weren't were very terrible. good. They were terrible the year before. Uh, so there's that, but I mean, you can't really dis- discern between a home run race and a playoff race because they're kind of tied together. I mean, mm-hmm. if Sammy doesn't hit, what was it? 68. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 68. Cause he it was 66. Two, 66. No, 66. You're right. Yeah. 66. 66. But if he doesn't hit those 66 homers, are the Cubs in the playoff race? Right. I, I doubt yeah. it, you know, especially mm-hmm. with how many he hit in – it was 20 in June. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was just all tied together. And, I mean, you know, they're the lovable losers for a reason. So to see them make the playoffs, I mean, that – like Sammy said, I think he said in the – in the towards the end when they were showing him celebrating the, making the playoffs, you know, that Mark McGuire is the king – Mm-hmm. But he's going to playoffs, and that's what it's all yeah. about. And yeah. um, I mean, it, yeah. it, it's just it's fun to see. No offense to Mark McGuire, like hitting seventy home runs is great. But if your team doesn't make it to the playoffs, which one meant I, more? I guess you could say. I would have traded. My goodness, the year the Mariners won one hundred sixteen games in oh one, I would have traded twenty wins for a World Series. Yeah. You know, like I would have said, win ninety six and and win the World Series rather than setting that record that is now empty. You know. Yep. So yeah, I actually agree with you that Mark McGuire's seventy home runs would have meant so much more, so so much more, if they had actually made the playoffs. Instead, what they let me I can't remember. Let me check it. I've got it right here. Um, I mean, did they finish in last place in the NL Central that year? Oh, they finished in third. They finished in third. You got the Pirates and the Reds and the Brewers in the Central, so it's hard to say which team finished last. Yeah, but they so they finished with an eighty-three and seventy-nine record. You know, Mark McGuire had a WAR of seven point five that year. So you know, those home runs made a big difference for sure. So you know, it's don't get me wrong. Like to break that record is amazing because that's one of those records that you thought would never be broken. Mm -hmm. Um. And now, in, in my opinion, the record that'll never, ever, ever even come close to being broken is Cal Ripken's Ironman, no, you know, no record chance. of yeah, two thousand two thousand one hundred thirty-one straight games that he played in. Yeah, and that's so, simply because people understand now, like it's not good for your body to play one hundred sixty-two games, no matter if you feel like you can or not. Well, I have you know, other so. thoughts on that for another day, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, it just—I think it meant more. It, it's a great accomplishment, great record, like we said. And I'm a big Mark McGuire fan. Like I'm happy that he broke it because, you know, nobody thought they ever would. Mm-hmm. But for Sammy to—I mean, he broke the record too, technically. And right. His team went yeah. to the playoffs, so either his came, his home runs meant more to the Cubs than Mark McGuire's. Or they had more of an impact on the Cubs' season than Mark McGuire's did. Um, it, it, you know, people might scorn me for saying that, 
but it's the truth when the Cubs went to the playoffs. Right. Because I'm 100% sure that without his 66 home runs, the Cubs don't go to the playoffs that year. I agree with you. Yeah. Because I'm sure there were times when those home runs came late in the game when they needed them or were the jolt at some point during a game to to turn things around. Because you know, yep. I always call home runs rally killers because it kills the moment, but it does a lot to carry momentum later in the game. Right? True. Like if True if you're that. if you're completing a home run if you're like closing out a rally with a home run there's no better way to do it because later like we've got lightning boys <laughs> like <laughs> come on you know like that's the way I've I always felt with home runs is that yeah we've got to start this rally over but we've got momentum going to the next inning and they do not so well you know the best part about that season from watching that thirty for thirty wasn't that they hit so many home runs. It was that people came to watch two guys that weren't even on their favorite team. Like they, mm-hmm. people probably never watched baseball before mm-hmm. that season when they got to see these two guys put on a show. Um, I mean, they they even mentioned it that these guys would go to other other ballparks, and those ballparks which are never filled would be full, so they be could just see Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that and and that's like they say too. Like, unfortunately, that's what it took. But that saved baseball after that strike, after the '94 strike, and there were a lot of people who left. That's what brought it back because people want to see the home runs. Like now, you know, it, it is we're kind of dull to it, you know. But at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, you've got something yeah. to cheer for. You had they had a scene in the, in the dock where they were talking to kids in school. Like, are you going to watch tonight? Because Mark McGuire could break the record tonight. You know, that this could happen. This is a big deal. It's a record that's yeah. been around for, at the time, 37 years. So, are are you going is to it, watch? Is it bad that as I was watching that, um, that a couple times, some of the balls that they hit, <laughs> I'm thinking, you, you, you know, people don't want to focus on this, but I'm thinking, would he have hit that if he wasn't on roids? Or uh-huh. was Sammy using maybe a corked bat because we saw, what was it, a couple of years later he got suspended for using cork in his bat? Yeah. Um, because some of those shots were mammoth Oh, shots. they were huge. Like, Mark McGuire lived in the upper deck. Yeah. Absolutely lived in the upper deck. And, you know, I've actually had that same thought. Brig and I have touched on that a little bit. So it's 2003 that Sammy Sosa was suspended for using a corked bat. Right. And, and you know, like, we, that was actually one thing that I w- was a little bit disappointed with this whole thing was that it didn't dive deeper into s- Mark McGuire's steroid use, right? Like, the fact that technically it wasn't illegal because they weren't testing for it. You know, if, right. if, if, he, if he came out and somehow they found out that he was, you know, he'd be scorned, but he wouldn't be in trouble. Um, you know, they, 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 I think they spent a total of about 10 minutes of the hour and 44 minutes. Right. On steroids. So I would have yep. liked to have had them talk a little bit more about that. You know, um, that would have been nice. But I've always wondered, though, was Sammy Sosa using a corked bat that year? Because, you know, like yeah. I said, we came out in 2003. He said it was a batting practice bat, which I don't buy because everybody, you know, your bats. <laughs> um, you know, that that was a home run race that was fueled by steroids and potentially a corked bat. Well, but that it, it is unfortunate, the... but. You listen to the crack of the bat on some of those home runs that they showed on the documentary, and you're like, that 
doesn't sound <laughs> normal. It's, yeah. But well, it's like there was a, there was a couple for Sosa's was like that sounds like a little bit of a hollow bat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a semi Sosa fan. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan, and that's hard for me to say because yeah, like you know what the sound of a of a real bat sounds like. Uh huh. Even very when they get on the barrel, and you're like, that doesn't sound like that at all. And and you know I I had that thought, but the other thought that I had was that those guys were so strong from steroids that they could miss a ball and it will, and it will go out. Yep. You know that that they could hit the ball off the end of the bat, it could crack the bat, and that could go out. But then again, that's a distinct sound too. Yep. If you know what that sounds like, you can hear it at a game. You can even hear it sometimes on TV. But yeah, his his bat definitely said they say that the ball sounds different coming off a guy's bat. It sounded a little different coming off Sammy Sosa's bet, and it, I don't think it was because Absolutely. of his his level of pop. I think you, I think you've got something there that you know we don't know because he never shattered a bat. But well, and with McGuire, I mean, the dude was just so strong that he could swing all arms and still get one out. Yes. and hit it a mile too. Like well, it wasn't. Yeah, he and you know I didn't ever realize how tall he was because he was so bulky. He always looked a little bit shorter to me. But right. the, earlier this year, I watched uh, the 1988 World Series and I was like, "Oh, geez, he's six four. He's huge." <laughs> so the height combined with the the stacks upon stacks of muscle, yeah, like it, if he gets those long arm extended, he's got the leverage. He's gonna hit the ball out. Plus, he was so strong that there was it was no chance. Like like my wife noticed. She's like, "Gosh, his shoulders are like like." slumpy i was like it's because his traps are huge yeah the guy was on steroids and his traps are enormous he looks like bane from the dark knight rises (laughs) well what did they say in the documentary they said he had like back muscles that Mm -hmm. most people don't even know they have yeah yeah because he was just he was just that big and and you know to think that he for the world to think that he wasn't on steroids there i think was just naivety and and ignorance but, I mean, you go back and watch those games. You watch that one. You know, I watched that 1988 World Series game. The Kirk, I watched the Kirk Gibson game. And you see Jose Canseco there. It's like, oh, yeah, that dude was juicing. Because I, I made the comparison <laughs> then. I was like, they looked like Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove. And Mark McGuire looked a lot like Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove, too. Yeah. And just shoulders were, like, as wide as a doorway. And then he was, like, a 32 waist. You know? <laughs> just like, total. He's huge. Just enormous. Well, yeah, I mean, and then you see Barry Bonds a couple years later, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was funny. Is... There was something they showed in the doc. It was one of the, um, it, they showed, I believe it was a Mark McGuire home run against the Giants, and they showed Barry Bonds in the outfield looking super salty. And I was like, and that's where he got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of Barry yep. Bonds right there. Well, it's because just it so, was... I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry that. You know, I know people don't like to talk about this subject, but when you look at Barry Bonds when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and even mm-hmm. at the beginning of his stint in San Francisco, yeah, and then you see him at the end, yeah, there's no way that you can say that these guys weren't on roids because mm-hmm. you don't get that big that quick and that strong that quick. I'm sorry, I feel like just you just don't, don't get that big period without it. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> they, they mean, were larger than life. They're huge. But it's like you said, they weren't testing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what are you going to do as a baseball player? You got to keep up and mm-hmm. keep playing at a high level, yeah. and that's what they did to keep playing at a high level. Exactly, and and it let him play for a high level the whole entire season because that's what I was, like I mentioned earlier about how Griffey kind of tailed off at the end, 
And I yep. think it's because he wasn't he wasn't using steroids that he was so he's so busy hitting home runs and trying to carry this not good Mariners team that he got worn <laughs> out. You know that he just he he kind of ran out of, gas. of summer and he was done. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things they talked about too. They hit the dog days of summer and guys start to start to wear out. The Mark McGuire struggled during that time typically, but that year he didn't really. He kept going, kept hitting him out. Well, Sosa kept you hitting him out. Think about it. Think about that the talk, uh, what was it, Tony La Russa said about McGuire with regard to his like laser-like focus and stuff like mm-hmm. Steroids help with that because you mm-hmm. are on top of your game and you're going to stay focused on what you need to get done. And um, yeah. it, It's a tough subject to talk about because you love to see guys hitting home runs. You love to see guys making runs at records mm-hmm. and so forth, but – you know, you you don't like to see the asterisk asterisks next to <laughs> you know those records, but yeah, I mean, in this situation, you kind of have to. Yep. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, like you said. Um, but I mean, you go back to Roger Maris at the time; everybody was using greenies, and you know, did he have a distinct advantage against anybody else using them? Probably not, because everybody was, you know. Yep. And because it was just the common thing, they just kept them in a, like a cereal bowl in the middle of the clubhouse. You'd need a couple, you take them, and then you go play. Um, so, you know, people contribute that to his setting, like breaking Babe Ruth's record and plus having a couple extra games or whatever. Um, but it, like you said, steroids does make a huge difference. Yep. Even over greenies, anything else. And, you know, to say there were guy, there were other guys who were taking it who didn't set the record makes them that much better. Well, I say this all the time. Steroids, they say, make good players great, great players elite. And that's yep. what it did with Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds. It's true. So. true. Well, anyway, if you want to watch the documentary, it's fun. It's it's more of a trip down memory lane than anything. Um, you Like we said, you get about 10 minutes of steroids talk and, and you get Bob Costas talking about it, which is nice. I'll listen to Bob Costas, Bob Costas talk about baseball. I enjoy that. Um, but it's fun. It was I was surprised at how much I remembered. Um, it was So that was pretty cool to watch. But uh, you can check it out on ESPN um, called Long Gone Summer. But let's go ahead and wrap things up. Don't forget to stop by the shop, 9plusus.com. Spell it out, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. You can get there. You can get. I'm wearing my perfect hat tonight, and I've got my pirate baseball shirt. This I don't know what it is. This is like the most comfortable shirt that I own. It's fantastic. Well, I got my baseball together shirt on. Nice, and I really like it. I can't do snapback hats. That's why I don't have a perfect game <laughs> or other, you know, yeah. nine plus us hat because I just snapback hats don't cut it for me. So, and you know, I sorry, used to Bray, be the same when I. <laughs> I used to be the same way get, until I got these, and uh, and, and Brig, Brig. He has to get like over. maybe get a flex hat, get the mesh flex, flex hat. Oh, those are great. I love those. I'll wear those all day long. Like a golf but, hat. Um, you think of yeah, like a golf hat? Kind of thing. Yeah. But it, we do it have flex hats. Go ahead. It can't be a snapback. It has to be you know the the fitted flex hat, whatever. So yeah. Uh, but I, I just can't. <laughs> I knew that would come up sometime tonight in this podcast, to be honest with you. I was thinking about my response, <laughs> yeah, and I was just thinking that I just can't do snapbacks. I don't have one in my in my uh, repertoire of hats, so I'm yeah. wearing my Cubs hat tonight. Um, nice. Because, obviously, I'm a Cubs fan. So Right on. 
Right on. But yeah, if you can't do the snapback, you can get a flex fit. We do have flex fits hats. So okay. there's that for you. We'll check it out. Don't forget to stop by baseballtogether.com. You can watch the podcast, listen to the podcast. Um, I'm, I am uh, haven't posted the podcast there actually for a little while. We do have the podcast player that updates every week, but I need to get better about posting the YouTube uh, YouTube video on there. So we'll get that on there, get caught up. You guys can watch that there. Um, so baseballtogether.com and baseball family. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Tell your friends about us. We can grow the community, and we will catch you next week.